Hello, welcome back to a brand new episode of It's All About Perspective with your host, Robert Hinchliffe. I am excited to be with you today. I'm going to uh, try something. I'm going to run solo and see if I can make it through. And I thought the best topic to do that with might be CCSD versus CCEA. Before I start, I'd like to do a disclaimer. I have absolutely no inside information. I don't know anything that isn't publicly put out there. I'm just going to try to break it down kind of a bullet point by bullet point and see where we're landing in my perspective as an administrator. And also, you know, my wife is a teacher. My kid's mom is a teacher. So I'm, you know, I'm very supportive of teachers, especially the ones at, uh, at my school. Uh, without them, as I'll wrap up in the end, without them, things would be quite interesting. Given that, watching the school board meeting last week was interesting. You have uh, Trustee Garcia Morales trying to run a meeting, and every time she starts, you have a chance of shame, shame, shame. And uh, people, you know, talking over her, very frustrating. From a person's point of view, I understand the frustration. However, I also, my perspective, believe that we should act the way we'd want our kids to act. So if you were teaching something they didn't like, would you want them to yell shame, shame? No, of course not. My opinion is that I know this is going to stink, but there should have been every union member signed up for public comment and you make them stay there till one in the morning and listen my opinion now they try might they might try to limit that which just shows that they might not be willing to listen to you ultimately i think it was a bad look for everybody i think they should have stayed there and held the meeting and let people in to talk um everybody that signed up and at the same point in time i don't think that that's the way to do it, but we also expect people to fight for what they believe in, just have to fight the right way. That's my perspective, just watching the uh, school board meeting. Now, let's get into the meat of it. I understand why teachers are mad. You have two sides, the school district and the teachers union. The school district is going to say, we only have so much money. We tried to already negotiate in good faith. We tried to give teachers who worked the 19 days extra money or 19 minutes extra money. We've tried to do this. We've tried to do health care. We've tried. We've tried to address the sped slash critical labor shortage, which I kind of find humorous from my side. Because I pretty much think there's a critical labor shortage everywhere. Yes, though, there is a bigger shortage in difficult neighborhoods. Facts. That being said, the union is going to say everything's got to be equal. A teacher is a teacher. It does not matter what you teach. A teacher's a teacher. All teachers matter. They're also going to say that CCSD has a ton of money. They got it from the legislature. 
They have their share of $2 billion new dollars in spending. They have their share of $250 million, which was dedicated just for raises. The union is going to say, we, ha- we know you have money. The district's going to come back and say, well, we've already negotiated with the other three unions, and they've taken a lot of that money because they came to the table. Why they came to the table, I don't know. Perhaps, in my opinion, the other three unions have a little bit better relationship with Dr. Jara than the teachers' union. To be debated, I think any fair-minded person would say that um, John Valardita and Jesus Jara are not on the same page right now or the same team. Perhaps the other three unions are. Perhaps they were like, we'll take it and let's run. That being said, it's pretty clear that the two of them are not working together. They're not going to work together. Each one seems to be pressured to say, he said, he said, he said, he said. And I don't see a lot of uh, compromise within that. Uh, Again, just going on what I know in the public. Let's go. Let's go take a look here. At comparable school districts in the country, for example, LA Unified, the average teacher's salary is $106,000. Now, of course, you think, whoa, wait. Well, remember that it costs half of that probably just to live in LA. Um, and I don't know if that includes the whole package, such as retirement benefits, all of that. I don't have that. This is just a quick Google search. They are, however, getting a 21% wage increase over the next three years, which some quick math says that's 7% each year. If you continue to look, New York teachers get a 20% pay raise. It's basically 4% the next five years. So here we have it already. You have a little bit of a conundrum for the teacher side because you're asking for 10 and 8, or they are, when comparable school districts are giving out what's equal to 7 and 4. San Diego teachers, new three-year contract with a 10% raise. And then you get down to Houston, which um, is basically saying that teacher contracts are important. You go on and on and on. The, the problem here is that CCEA is asking for 10%. I, I can see why. Admin got 10%. It makes sense. We admin, my opinion, my perspective, a lot of people will like this. A lot of admin might not. We should not get more than the teachers. Just my, just my thoughts. That being said, what I know is that the things CCSD is saying are not even close to the things that CCEA is saying. They don't seem to be anywhere even in the same chapter, let alone the same book. And that's a problem because neither one of them seems transparent that way. They can say, oh, we're transparent. We're saying what we want. Well, we're not in the room. You know, I can feel like Hamilton right now. You need to be in the room where it happens. We're not in that room. 
So we don't know what is true and what is it. If you want to believe Dr. Jara, great. If you want to believe Mr. Valardita, great. I think both a lot of people are probably thinking, I don't trust either of them. And that's your perspective, and that's fine. Regardless, a few teachers I talked to about this say it makes both of them look unprofessional. They don't like the back and forth. And as I've said many times, email has no tone. So when CCSD teachers get an email, they're not happy right now. They're not going to read it with a positive attitude. It's just not like, oh, hey, an email. No. What's this email about? What to say? They don't like it. And when they read it, the last one, all they see is what the district put in there, which is 7% this year, 1% next year. They don't read the rest. They look at numbers. And instantly, that 7 does not equal 10, and that 1 sure does not equal 8 the second year. So now they're mad. They don't care about the rest of the email. In the email, it talks about changing the salary scale. Okay? If we change the salary scale, then do we add the 7% on top and the 1% the next year? I don't know. I couldn't decipher that reading it myself. You also throw in... Um, medical insurance and insurance benefits and all of that stuff. That's, that's a whole nother sticky subject with teachers. And I'll try to get that in a second. Regardless, the thing about the email or about what the union is saying is that neither one of them seem to be precise. Teachers want to know, I am on year 15. I have a master's. What am I going to make? I am in year three. I don't have anything. I know I'm going to be at the bottom of the pay scale. But then also that third-year teacher thinks, well, I should be above the first-year teacher. Rightfully so. When I started many years ago in 1999, that's how it was. You were column, and you went over a column when you went down a row. So essentially, column A, row A, starting teacher. But you got a cost of living raise every year, a step increase. And you knew every year you were going to get a raise for the experience that you brought to the table. When you got to the bottom of the column, the only way you could go over was if you got 16 credits from college to move you over to the next column, and then you started it again. If you went down to the bottom, that's just where you stayed. You made the choice to stay there after, I think, seven years. A lot of people are upset because they started under that system. And then their columns started getting frozen, and then they never caught back up, and they are adamant. They want that increase and that step and that salary scale to reflect that. I do not believe there's any way to make a salary scale that's going to make everybody happy. That's the quickest way to fail in everything is to try to make everybody happy. Some teachers are going to be mad with where they land on that scale. You have maybe a teacher who's taught 20 years and has not gotten a master's. Maybe he or she started a family or had something else go on. They've gone to no extra college. They're still, they've got their 20 years experience, but they don't have anything else. Where do they land compared to the teacher that's in year four that already has a master's, maybe has a bunch of CUs, 
How would you ever delineate that out? I don't know. That's not my, that's above my pay grade. That's why I'm just a principal in school. Be that as it may. Some teachers just want to know that they're going to be paid for their experience. So if you just were to say that, you say, okay, well, let's look at LA Unified. Let's use their pay scale. Let's call it good. Whatever it is, everybody just moves there. We move on. Not everybody's going to agree with that because some people might not get a raise. They've done all these CUs, but they're year four. The CU thing makes everything messy. Okay, well, let's talk about the CUs. I would be willing to bet that if the union and the district could agree to eliminate the CUs, the union would take a less percent raise over time. What I mean by that is they want 10 and 8, but I think if we did cost of living and everybody got a step, that they would take less than 10 to get rid of the CU system. Teachers hate the CU system unless you love it. There's a few out there that love it because they're just doing their thing and life is good. Vast majority hate it. I think it would be it would be very disheartening if both the union and the district didn't agree the CU system's got to go away. The problem is they're not going to agree to that. They're going to keep it. I don't know why. It's just like it's just like something people hate. I know why. I think the district likes it because they have to pay less raises. Rather than get everybody a COSA every year, a COLA every year, they just have to worry about the people that do the CUs, and there's two people that check them, and it could take a while. Plus, in their mind, people are going back to college. People are watching classes that will help them, even though we all know that's not necessarily true. Um, I think you know anybody that's honest will know that um, maybe some of those classes don't pertain to what you do. Just saying. All right, so let's get back to it. You also have the vast majority of the people who say, why do I have to pay money to get a raise? Back in the old days, you got the cost of living no matter what. If you choose to pay for a master's or more credits, that was your choice. I think a lot of teachers probably feel like, why do I got to pay money to earn CEUs, to fill out a bunch of paperwork, to then turn it into these people who may say that it's okay. I don't want to go through that. Pay me for my experience of what I'm worth. I think that's a valid argument. I do. You can't make people happy with one thing. It's just not going to happen. But you can certainly make a lot of them happy if you got rid of the CU thing. Again, my perspective and what I hear. You also have a great big factor now. When I started in 1999, Vegas was great. Cost of living was low. Your insurance was great. Salary was fine, decent. Everything worked out. It was a great place to come. You're like, oh, I'm going to come to Vegas. It's growing and it's Vegas. You're going to have fun. Now, cost of living is out of control. Insurance stinks for teachers. Let's just be honest again. You can't live here on a teacher's salary. It's very difficult. Those of you that do it, you are doing a great job because it's difficult. Nevada Power is gouging us. 
they might not like me saying that. That's okay. I'm speaking on behalf of 98% of the people in this city. Southwest gas up. Uh, everything. Everything's up. Gas itself, like over $4. Yet, your salary over the past two years is not. It's not up. Even with a 10 and an 8, I'm not entirely sure that you make up for the cost of inflation in the last two years. It's hard to live on that salary for an educated professional. It just shouldn't happen. My opinion. When you think about it. The other concern I heard today, which was a great point that I had not thought of. A teacher stated, I can't count on the money for the $250 million in two years from now. Therefore, I cannot commit to buying the new car I need because in two years, my salary might go down and I might not be able to afford the car. Fantastic point. You can also apply that to a house or really anything. So if you are financially wise and you think about that and you say, oh, I got a $200 a month raise. Surely it won't go away in two years. It might. And then in two years, you're stuck trying to make that up. Excellent point that nobody thought of. For those of us that are um, further along in our career, there is one reason, one main reason, we are staying in Clark County, and that's retirement. Some of us love our school. I love my school. My kids were born here. I, I, I love Vegas. I do. I'm proud to be from Vegas. Many people are. But at the same point in time, if I could move my family to Albuquerque, for example, and make 25% more, why wouldn't I? Well, the reason I don't is because I'm either 1.5 years or 4.5 years away from retiring. I'm that that close to getting a pension for the rest of my life. Makes no sense for me to move to Albuquerque and make 25% more and then have to wait well, like 15 more years before I get my retirement from Nevada. Retirement is what's keeping people in Nevada who are experienced. No doubt about it. When you look at all of this, you start to think, okay, what's going to happen? I don't think they're going to strike because, of course, that's illegal in Nevada. I also do not believe that enough teachers would ever have the, I don't want to say courage. Um, I don't believe enough elementary speaking. I'm only elementary. I don't believe that elementary student teachers would leave their students. Those are their babies. Not saying high school, middle school doesn't feel the same way. Just speaking what I know. I don't think they'd ever just up and walk out at 10 o'clock. I don't believe that. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. I don't. Again, I just don't believe that any kind of work action will happen. And I think that is against the teachers because I think the district knows that as well. So when you look at that, I think they should be able to somehow negotiate this out. But I, I, in the end, I don't think it will happen. Personally, I think it will go to arbitration and we'll see what happens. But someone made a good point today. Is this all being done as posturing? Seems like it happens every two years. In 2019, I remember being called to a meeting, and they were basically were prepping us for the potential of a strike. 
So it does seem like it happens every few years. Will they come up with something in the end and then both sides can say, oh, I fought for my side. Oh, I fought for my side. Maybe. Again, Dr. Jaro's job is to keep the district financially solvent. That's his job. His job is also to take care of the teachers. But at the same point in time, he can't pay you what he doesn't have. The union's job is to get as much for you as they can. Will they? I don't know. If you look at the uh, salary demands from other cities, you know, New York at 4%, LA at 7%, their cost of living is higher. New York also has a city tax. I don't know if 10% is reasonable. On the other side, admin got 10%. Teachers sure better get 10% somehow, some way. You can go either way on this, and that's completely understandable. I think most people in the educational field will probably side with the teachers. I'm going to try to explain why that's kind of the side I, uh, I lean on. In the end, um, I don't believe you know exactly what's going on because publicly, they're not supposed to negotiate in public. They can't really do that. They're not supposed to. It's a good faith thing. Now, is it happening a little bit? Yeah, because they're going back and forth. But again, we're not in the room where it happens. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what the main sticking point is. We don't know if anybody is giving up their side. We don't know. But people are at the end of the room. And when you think about my point of view, I feel like ultimately um, there's not a lot of transparency. And that, and that comes back to it is why are we always fighting for teachers? I've said this on Twitter. I'll say it here. The school can run without a principal. It cannot run without teachers. It has a hard time running without support staff. But when I'm away at a meeting, magically, things go pretty well. I think that's an important piece to remember. Admin has its place. But if all the teachers call out tomorrow, admin... What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to probably put as many kids in the lunchroom as you can, and you're going to put on a movie, and you're going to try to get through the day and hope they show up the next day. Let's just take another. If support staff all calls out tomorrow, hypothetically, you'll survive. You'll find a way. The teachers will keep the kids in the room the teachers will step up and say, I'll help here. The teachers will get through the day. But guess what? If I don't show up tomorrow and the AP doesn't show up tomorrow, the school's going to run. So I think that's an important thing to remember. Um, doesn't mean I'm on anybody's side. Of course, again, as I said, I'm connected to two teachers in my life. Of course, I have many friends that are teachers. I just feel like the majority of the teachers feel so undervalued by the district. And right now, the majority of the teachers feel undervalued by admin and the district because they're being forced to do things they don't want to do. Some do, some don't. We're all over the place right now. And we need to remember 
to trust the people in the classroom and run with it. Am I for everybody, every teacher gets a raise? That's a struggle because everybody listening knows a teacher that they feel like doesn't deserve it. But we have to start somewhere. We have to give teachers a significant raise to recruit more people to Las Vegas so that we can start to build up the capacity and then we don't have to micromanage things. We don't have to um, make sure everybody's doing this. The better the uh, pool, the less that we got to worry about certain things happening. Pools are shallow. The teacher pool is shallow next to impossible to find a support staff. Admin pool is shallow. We have to find a way to build things up. But you got to remember, support staff, many of them want to become a teacher. Admin, all of us used to be a teacher. It all comes back to the people in the classroom. And to sum it up, all research says the number one factor for children's growth is the classroom teacher. So again, that's my point of view. You can take it or leave it. For more perspectives, feel free to buy my book. It's all about perspective. And uh, next week we have on a principal who I will ask about this as well. Uh, she is kind of the head of our principal union. I look forward to getting her take on this. But for now, teachers, best of luck this week. I'm pulling for you. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But in the end, it's all about perspective.